the locational data is foundational as a layer to all of the data sets that organisations need to utilise to understand what's happening. So location is important and critical because it's about what's happened, where has it happened, and what happened relative to what we expected to happen, and what are we expecting to happen next. Welcome to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. I'm Amin Ramashariki, Esri Urban Analytics Lead, and I'll be your host for today. You just heard Emily Ditton, Associate Vice President for Energy Insights at International Data Corporation, highlight the predictive power of location analytics with a focus on utilities, mining, and petroleum industries. Today, energy companies use spatial analysis to extract value from their data and enhance their decision-making. Here, Esri Marketing Programs Lead, Ed Loker, investigate examples of companies that harvest insight with location intelligence. Well, thank you so much for spending your late evening with us and for agreeing to have this conversation. We're really looking forward to it. When people think about digital transformation, they typically think about that in the context of retail or government. What are the unique challenges in applying digital transformation to the energy and the mining industries? Yeah, and I think even in the context of those industries, there's different challenges across utilities, oil and gas and mining industries. And certainly, you know, when we think about retail and government sector or even the health sector, and to some degree the manufacturing sector, they're very heavily driven by customers. And similarly, in the utility sector, you know, the drive for customer experience, the drive to create services to respond to different competitive dynamics to look at ways to create customer engagement and to deliver services. That's all absolutely part of that transformation that utilities organisations are on, much as it is for the retail organisations or any other customer-facing organisations. I think if we look at transmission and distribution utility organisations, mining, oil and gas, the challenges are different, but actually really at the core, it's really about the data and it's really about utilizing and creating value from it. So how is the push toward digital transformation different from other disruptors, maybe regulatory changes that these industries have faced in the past? It's really different because on the one hand, it's about competitive differentiation. So for retailing utilities organizations, for mining companies, for oil and gas companies, it's about how the execution of business strategy can be enabled by technology and data to create competitive differentiation. That then means a different competitive dynamic. Different markets have different dynamics in that regard, but this is a change in the way that companies need to think about what their viable business models are and is really much more fundamental a change, I think, than the kinds of disruptions we've seen in the past over the last 10 or 15 years. As this transformation is impacting these industries, do you find the majority of them are doing it because they feel that they have to, or are some recognizing that there's an opportunity for them to create separation between their competition by being proactive in the adoption? Look, the, the differences in maturity and position um, and drivers for individual companies across industries is enormously varied at the moment. And I think especially in utilities, oil and gas and mining, it's really because there's individual companies for different reasons in each of the industries are responding to quite different local business drivers. And then so that's affecting whether they are being proactive. There are cases where really not 
recognising yet they need to be doing something. So if we look at some of that case by case, so the utility sector, for example, particularly where utilities are operating in a competitive market environment, there's an enormous amount of traction around the need to respond to the transformation in the industry. It's um, absolutely one that is about data and IoT and about creating insight, about integrating systems, but also about responding to a completely changing competitive um, scenario. Um, Not only the traditional competitive organisations in the utility sector, but also new renewal-based organisations, new services-based organisations. You know, the whole fabric of that industry is really changing. But then if you look at, say, oil and gas and mining, those organisations, it's really mixed. And so what we've seen is that, uh, say, if we were to look back two years ago, I started talking about digital transformation in earnest to mining companies about two years ago. And, you know, in the room, you'd have a couple of leaders and a lot of people who were really questioning whether this really applied to them. That absolutely isn't the case now. There are still laggards who are really kind of following slowly, but heavy industrialised industries are now really recognising the need to change. And I think there are two reasons for that. The mining and oil and gas sector, quite obviously, it was initiated by big crashes in commodity and oil and gas prices. But I don't think now that's what's driving it. I think it is really two things. One is the creation of operational excellence. And that's really about um, attracting the best capital to deploy for the best assets. And these industries are really facing quite a significant workplace transformation over the next 10 years or so. There's no end to this exercise, right? So it is really genuinely a journey that companies are on. I noticed in your writing, you spend as much time on organizational change as you do mm. technological change in this space. Why, why such an emphasis on the organizational and cultural issues when you're talking about the impact of technology on these industries? So these industries are heavy engineering organizations. Engineering-based innovation is kind of the core of what it is, how it is they create value. That's not new or different. And nor is utilising data. So, you know, oil and gas and mining companies have had process control systems in place for 25, 30, 40 years. And that fundamentally is about utilising insight from equipment to manage processes better. The structure of the way those organisations work, the way the data is generated, and then what that means for what the roles are in these operations in particular, means that there's a very significant need to really look at the way that data insight changes what the activities are. And so then that is a significant change management thing. Another component of it is the need for um, simplicity. So when we survey oil and gas and mining companies, one of the things that has come out most strongly in the last 18 months across a number of different surveys that we've run has been really this drive for business simplicity. So that's about process and decision-making simplicity and it's also about data and IT and applications. When we advise mining and oil and gas companies about how to create more value from their transformational initiatives, how to drive the scale, how those decisions are undertaken in the organisation and how it flows up through the different parts of the business that needs to be involved is a really significant part of being effective. So that's part of the need for cultural change. And then it really just comes down to the work and roles, the change management piece that we were talking about before, which is I think there's been some really interesting, funny, humorous, but serious stories about 
truck drivers in mine sites being given a mobile or a tablet to use and, you know, throwing it out of the window because it's actually threatening, you know. How companies introduce new technology, um, sometimes it needs to be really sensitive and sometimes it needs to be really directive, but that's kind of the balance that needs to be struck. And so there's a very significant change management piece around that, in part because you know, there is a concern in the industry about roles and how that will affect the workforce now and then what that workforce needs to change to. I see lots and lots of studies that show, particularly in the utility space, that population is very top-heavy yeah. from an experience perspective and that yeah. they are very concerned about mass retirement mm-hmm. over the next five to ten years. So where are the people going to come from? It's absolutely a challenge. This is a a really significant problem for all of these industries. Cognitive and advanced analytics has a really big part to play. So if I think about one example, Australian oil and gas company Woodside has done a lot of work with utilising insight from catastrophic and negative events over the last 15 years and then what the outcomes were and what it was that operational staff did and then applying that to the scenario building and the decision making that staff now have undertaken. So that company has sought to deal with this challenge by really putting an enormous organisational strategy and almost building a DNA around data insight and analytics across the business and seeking to utilise the insight and the knowledge that exists with not only the workforce that is there but also within the data sets that exist to try and resolve that issue. What the technology does is creates the capacity to do those things much better than we have been. So collecting a whole lot of data, having a whole lot of alarms on a rig, for example, but actually understanding which alarms that operators really need to be responding to. Having the capacity for self-healing assets that interact with each other as an ecosystem and respond and simulate You'll always need to have that experiential element in an environment. But what the technology and having far better data insights does is enables a whole lot of stuff to be done much, much better than we have been. And I think the other way of looking at it as well is that absolutely when the human element is good, it's very good. But when it's average or not so good, it really is much more limited. And so what the technology does is bring the data and the insight to complement the experience of the human brain and to bring those two pieces together. Ultimately, the organisations that do that well understand that is really what will create the value. So location is obviously a key element in all of these industries. Where is the intersection of location with this new technology, with this digital transformation? So through all of the discussion that we've had, we've been talking about the role of technology, yes, but data to create value and insight. The locational data is foundational as a layer to all of the data sets that organisations need to utilise to understand what's happening. So location is important and critical because it's about what's happened, where has it happened, and what happened relative to what we expected to happen. And what are we expecting to happen next? And absolutely, you know, a mining organisation or a utilities network can be understood at an aggregate level. But actually, these are local things. 
So in a utilities organisation, what a large manufacturing plant does and the impact that has on the capacity to plan for that, all of those things have a geographical element to them. It's absolutely fundamental to the structure of understanding the management of the way that these systems work for oil and gas mining and utilities companies. Give me an example, if, if you know of any, of utilities company or even mining or energy that truly has taken that to heart, right? It's, it's easy to measure, but insight is hard to find. And who's really doing a good job of using insight to improve customer service, safety, that economic imperative that you were talking about? Who's, who's doing it well? Certainly, there are examples of companies that are doing pieces of it well. I think that the challenge is connecting up the process end-to-end to really do that whole end-to-end value chain well. That's the kind of place we're trying to get to, and that's where we aren't at the moment. There are not many examples of companies who have been able to bring together what they're doing across the whole value chain and to integrate the whole business from the point of generation, for example, all the way through to the customer and do that in a way that is real-time, dynamic and agile. And it's really exciting when you hear companies like Barrick Gold, for example, really being excited about the potential for disruption in how a mining operation is undertaken. It's, there, there's an exciting world, an exciting and for some threatening, but um, world of change happening, I think. I heard a statement today that was intriguing to me. Interested to know if, if you agree with it. Data is the new oil. Um, So yes, data is the new oil. So if we think about oil being the basis of 20th century economy, right, and really about driving output. So data is the new oil in that it is about creating greater efficiency and insight from the activities that we are doing, reducing the waste, not just in the industries that I cover, but across all of the economy the scale of the potential value creation from just undertaking decisions better through having the right insight rather than just being based on experience, being driven also by the facts and the insights that the data offers has an enormous amount of opportunity for value creation. Aside from Barrick Gold, what are other trailblazing companies um, that are really seem to get it? Yeah, I mean, I think there's lots of examples if we look globally. And the reality is that different companies are doing different pieces of it, right? So I mentioned Woodside, a mid-sized oil and gas company in Australia. And about three years ago, they really started to place a heavy focus on creating a cross-functional data capability, really embedding that within the DNA of the organisation, really placing a heavy focus on the role that data science needs to play for them So they have Cognitive in place now. They're working with a number of different vendors to enable insight within their operational environment. And so they say that their strategy ultimately is to run oil and gas platforms without people in there at all. And they're actually working with the robotics team at NASA to build prototypes to deploy into their oil field environments off the western coast of Australia. So the organizations that really scream to mind are almost all in the retail space responding to competitive dynamics. My 
coverage areas as the analyst is in the Asia-Pacific region. So in the Asia-Pacific region, one of the leading utilities organisations is AGL, and they have placed a very heavy focus on the customer engagement component of their strategy, focusing on customer experience, but with a back end of utilising technologies like IoT to drive efficiency in how they set pricing, but also how they understand what's happening across their networks. Uh, a number of the other Australian utilities organisations utilising IoT to have a far greater understanding across their network. If I think about this market environment, I know from some research I undertook uh, a little while ago that San Diego Gaslight has a program in place utilising the energy production from solar panels on businesses and residential lodgings. Um, and so essentially what they put in place was stations where people could charge their electric cars utilising the dormant solar power that was being generated during the day when people are at work and not utilising electricity. They put in place a platform that connected up the cars on the road that needed to be charged with the stations where there was available solar power, essentially creating an entirely new ecosystem around the solar power and the electric car um, ecosystem in California. And that's quite leading in terms of thinking about how to utilise the available energy in an environment and unique also to California because of this electric car targets that the Californian government has put in place. In Australia, if we look at some of the states like um, Queensland, which is in the northeastern of Australia, and it, 25% of energy production in Queensland is based on solar power. But the challenge those grids have is that they actually really haven't been designed to incorporate the solar power, and the regulatory systems are not designed to incentivise the right investments to manage that as a system. So Australian utility grid networks have quite a bit of work still to do to be in a position to really do that efficiently. But it's certainly going in the right direction, I think. And there's certainly been a lot of change and movement from different utilities organisations. So aside from visionary leadership, are there other environmental or commercial factors that are in place that have either catalyzed or incentivized these forward-thinking first movers to, yeah. to really embrace this change? You know, I think the reality in utilities is that you have a disruption fundamentally at the technology level. So renewables really fundamentally changes what it is for a utilities organisation. And then that shifts the way that services can be provided and systems can be managed. So absolutely, in the utility space, it is a competitive environment. In oil and gas and mining, you have a different sort of um, baseline of competitive differentiation. And really then it's about the businesses each individual company is in. So it comes down to the strategic choices that a mining company is in. So for as an example, Anglo-American about two years ago, they were having a very tough time because the commodity prices in the commodities they were in had dropped sharply. They had some very old mines. They decided to withdraw out of a number of the commodity businesses that they were in. And I think what that does, it just illustrates that the leading organisations are very often leading because of the specifics of their business choices. There's certainly market dynamics like the competitive environment that they're in or the overall commodity prices or the oil and gas prices, but things like the um, 
the debt position the company is in, the business strategy choices that they have, all of those things are also significant drivers for change. So if we look particularly at the mining sector, the companies that have led the charge have been, first of all, the iron ore business that is a volume-based business, so it had a lot of capacity for value creation from data. But then the iron ore price dropped off the face of the cliff, so they really needed to do something differently. And actually this does relate to the Lego example I alluded to before as well, that you can look at digital transformation at a market level, but actually it happens at an organisational level. And it's really about the choices that organisations need to be making and how to position themselves in their particular competitive environment against their competitors. And I think that that is as much a critical component as the other factors that we've been talking about. Um, well, listen, I want to I thank you very much for, for spending time with us. Really enjoyed our time. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. And thanks to Emily Ditton for explaining the role location intelligence plays in the energy industry. To learn more, download our ebook, Making Sense of Digital Transformation, at esri.com forward slash where. To keep current with new interviews, visit our podcast page at esri.com forward slash podcast.